I'm Scott Paul, and this is the Manufacturing Report. I guess I got up and danced around my chair when U.S. Steel <laughs> called and said, oh, we're going to be reopening, we're going to hire some guys back, and it's like, okay. I'm very hesitant on jumping up, and, but, but that, that actually made me jump up and, and kind of cheer and yell out loud. And, but just going into the into stores and church, and, and it, it was just such an uplift for our community. Today, we're in Granite City, Illinois. This is a steel town on the banks of the Mississippi River, just across from St. Louis. I was here five years ago to rally for steel jobs. They were in jeopardy at the time, and in fact, a few years later, the mill that had run for over 100 years shut down. But recently, 800 steel workers are back on the job. The mill is humming again, and the town has seen some renewed economic activity. We talked to Granite City's mayor, to some local steel workers, some business owners, and some suppliers for the mill to find out what the steel tariffs and what this steel renaissance has meant to Granite City and its citizens. Next on the Manufacturing Report. Welcome to the Manufacturing Report podcast. I'm Scott Paul. We're in Granite City, Illinois, the home of a historic steel mill that has recently reopened. It has a long historic tradition here in this community, which sits along the Mississippi River across from St. Louis. I'm honored to be joined in the Steelworkers Hall by Dan Simmons, who's the president of Steelworkers Local 1899, by Mayor Ed Hagnauer of Granite City, Illinois, and by Kathy Hamilton, who uh, directs the city's uh, economic development efforts. Thanks and welcome to the podcast. So, Dan, let me turn to you first. Uh, you represent uh, the, uh, the, the, the unionized workforce uh, at, at, at the steel mill. Um, there have been some tough times over the last uh, decade oh, uh, or two. Yeah, the cyclical cycle of steel has been something that's not new to us, but yeah, there's, it trusts keep getting a little deeper and, and uh, it takes a little longer to recover. But yeah, we've been through quite a bit over here. Yeah. So, so maybe, uh, you know, 20 years ago, how many folks would have been working at the, the mill? We had approximately, I know when I hired in close to 40 years ago, we had about 4,700 employees. I'd say about uh, 20 years ago, we had about 25 to 2,800 employees. And then when we went idle in 2015, we were down to about 1,800 represented, 2,000 total, yeah. non-represented. We'll, we'll fast forward to, say, 2015, 2016, again, uh, an import crisis. Uh, and what did that mean for the mill? Uh, devastation. Uh, again, uh, these countries, same, same people, or same countries that were uh, uh, cheating before, they were dumping and, and uh, in groves of the amount of steel. The imports, I believe, went up at that time. We were around 30, 30% uh, of imports coming in and uh, drove the price of steel down again, lower than what it was costing us to produce the steel. So the decision was made again through U.S. Steel to idle this facility. Christmas week of 2015, they made the announcement to idle us and they idled the first wave of them. We lost about 500 the first month. Uh, the next month, they started laying off the next department as it started to close down. Mm -hmm. uh, another 500 employees left then, and then the remaining four, about 400 employees were laid off for a short amount of time. But we did have some good trade cases, had some good wins on some trade cases, the steelworkers. 
that allowed us to keep part of our uh, coal mill operation open. Mm -hmm. And that survived, about 300 employees survived that. Well, I wanted to ask the mayor, when you saw that shutdown a couple of years ago, um, w briefly describe what that meant for the, for the community that you represent. I mean, it was devastating for our community, um, not only just our community, but the whole area, because when you go back and look at the, the roles of U.S. Steel, we have hundreds of people working out of Belleville, that live in Belleville. We have hundreds that live in Edwardsville. We have hundreds that live in Collinsville. Granite City has about 35% of that working population, so we were impacted the most. But uh, it impacted everywhere. And, it, and not only that, it also impacts all the satellites that work off of U.S. Steel, which... Like there's suppliers, they're upstream. Correct. We have, we have a lot of coating um, facilities here in Granite. We have a big air products over here that... Um, mm -hmm. I guess is here just to supply U.S. Steel yeah. mainly, and so it impacted everyone, and and it just tr it was a trickle down effect. Broke my heart because I had to sit in my office, and we we had experience from 2008 that one of the things that we wanted to do was to reach out and help the steel workers immediately, and we did back in 08. Well, we were able to to reach back into 08 and come forward um, to set up. Uh, banks and different things yeah. for the steel workers to go to but for me I mean they still knew they were going to lose their jobs and I'm sitting in my office and I'm watching them walk out and I'm watching them cry and I want to cry right along with them you know because it, it is I mean you have 35 40 year old people that are now without jobs not knowing if the jobs will ever come mm -hmm. back so mm -hmm. Right. And you're the mayor, I assume you know most people in town. And so this is personal. This isn't just a, right. I mean, th this isn't just a, uh, something that's theoretical, but, but you, you know, this is a small enough community where you know these folks. Yes. And, yeah. and talk to them every day and yeah. meet them at all the little convenience stores. And, and we have our conversations. Before I turn to Kathy, I wanted to ask you one last question, Mr. Mayor. Um, which is, you know, what is, obviously Granite City is, uh, is outside of St. Louis, a large metropolitan area, but what, what is Granite City known for over, over its history, and, and what, what role has steel played uh, in that as well? Steel is our community. We, we were, uh, the Nearinghouse brothers came in and they started making graniteware, which is a metal product that yeah. it was pots and pans. And, and how long ago was that? Oh, gosh. Like more than 100 years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And in turn, once that slowed down, then they opened up the steel plant. Um, and that was probably in the 30s, maybe. 1895, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay, 1895. 1895, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it, we, we just moved on, and we've always been an industrial area, mm -hmm. and we continue to be that industrial area, and we continue to be proud of our, our, our industry here mm -hmm. and our steel workers. Right. And so, Kathy, I imagine with like the, the steel plant as one of the employment and economic activity anchors that the, the health of the mill obviously impacts uh, the business climate. Um, and I'm wondering particularly like what concerns, you know, you may have had when you saw this last downturn about what that meant for 
both the businesses that were still downtown and all the different businesses that, that serviced the, the workers in the mill or the mill somehow? Well, I just started here about 100 uh, days ago. So uh, the, the history and the strength of the, the steel mill obviously has been known in the county. And so I work mostly in other communities outside the county, but it's an industrial town. Yeah. And um, the effects of that much loss with the quality of the jobs um, impacted the entire county. And so until it came operational again, there was a there was an impact throughout the mm -hmm. county from sales tax generation, the ability to buy things um, and just feel comfortable moving forward. I think um, moving forward for us economic development wise, um, industry is still going to be the most important thing for this town. Yeah, um, you cannot recreate the access, the infrastructure. Um, so a lot of times within the county, there's competition for the newest warehouse development, but no one's ever going to um, take what is greatest city is known for. And so we choose to focus on that, continue to build on that. Mm -hmm. um, so we look forward to what we're going. Uh, the fact that it's operational um, makes everybody feel better, um, gives everybody confidence to invest, um, and feel that they have a future in their businesses. So it's real important for us. I would say it's interesting for me as I go around the country to communities like this that are, have a manufacturing facility that anchors it, that you know, so much of the, the chatter on cable news or on the coast is like, well, we need to move past manufacturing. Those jobs aren't coming back. I don't think they realize how many communities still have kind of manufacturing at the center of their economic uh, activity. That's that's obviously a message we're trying to deliver to our leaders. And, and, and so I will say there's been a bit of good news yeah. lately. Dan, what's happened at Granite City over the last year or, well, or less? As we were picked up where we left off and we uh, got closer and closer to pushing uh, uh, legislation through, we wound up getting that 232 decision was made. The, the so tariffs on steel. Tariffs on yeah. steel was placed. And due to that, then the announcement immediately followed to uh, open up the steelmaking operation and the blast furnaces here at the plant. And not only did that recall the left laid off guys that wanted to come back to work, but we've hired another 600 represented employees and around 800 total if you add the non-represented uh, mm -hmm. employees in there. So that's happened just in the last year. That's great. And so, you know, there were, so there were some steel workers that came back. I imagine there were some who were close to retirement or decided to move out or, or, or think about something else. Yeah. But you've, you've actually hired 600 new workers who are kind of new to the mill and to the industry as well, which is probably if you, if you ask the average person around the country, they probably say, well, that's not going to happen. But, but it's happened here. Absolutely. Huh? Yes, yeah. it happened. There's, there's yeah. people that never thought they were going to be in the steel industry yeah. and they're in the steel industry today. So, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah, and these these are good jobs, as you jobs. said. They have yeah. wages that start, you know, what, what twenty twenty one dollars uh, yeah. an hour on yeah. up. So, yeah, you, you're going to yeah. start out making anywhere from sixty thousand and up. Yeah, you know, it's whatever yeah. you want to make. You know, there's, yeah. there's some higher paying jobs than that. So yeah, they they get paid well. The benefits mm -hmm. are good. The package is good. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Mr. Mayor, what has that meant for the community? Uh, the, this latest announcement well, I mean, and these new jobs hires. are always important. Yeah. It also. Um, I guess the, 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 it lifts up the um, feelings of the community. I mean, it's a, it's a brighter picture out there for, <clears throat> for people. They're, um, they're, they're smiling when they walk into these stores instead of frowning. And, you know, they're, wow, I just applied at the steel mill, you know, and wow, that's great, you know, and I, man, I hope I get hired. Whereas before, it was where do I go, you know, and how, how do I go about getting a job somewhere? I was getting probably 50 applications a month um, from steel workers that had been laid off. 
And, and I know now that a lot of them found jobs elsewhere, uh, which is good. You know, it, it helped, helped us even in the steel industry because now we have three or 400 new people that are working that weren't working before. Mm -hmm. um, so these guys have chosen to stay on their current jobs. And I think that's the only thing where we were hurt here is that the people that had the experience here that, that went and found other jobs, some of them were hesitant about coming back because of what we went through in 08 and in 15, 16. So uh, that kind of hurt, but I, you know, our steel plant has always risen up and, and I think they're doing it again. I had conversations with the um, general manager about a week ago, he was in my office and he's really proud of what our guys are doing and how they're moving forward. And so uh, as far as the community, it's a great uplifting yeah. for us. I, I imagine it is, and Kathy, I imagine it, um, it, it sort of changes the outlook of what you're able to get done from an economic development perspective Makes as well. things a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're excited about the future and the fact that the steel mill is up and operating. Um, the mayor will remember one of the first questions that was asked of me when I was hired is how do we beat Amazon and how do we defend ourselves against Amazon and the threat on retail? And the answer was we don't. We're, we're an industrial town. And so we're Amazon proof. And I think that that is important as we move forward. So um, we're excited about that. I can't imagine Amazon's going to be shipping tons of steel anywhere no. anytime soon. They're not going to make any of that <laughs> they stuff. They ship slabs, we're in trouble. So I, I wanted to ask you all kind of different versions of the same question, which was, you know, it, it's pretty clear that you know, one of the reasons why the mill has hired back and, and started operations again is because of this policy change where you have some space provided by these uh, tariffs on imported steel that, that um, have, 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 from a macro level, they've reduced imports, they've increased domestic production, they've increased capacity utilization, that's factories that are actually operating. They've, you know, there, there's more workers hired in the, in the steel industry. There, there's some people who are worried about the side effects of, of this, I would say, and, and this is part of the debate. You know, what, what's the impact on farmers? What's the impact on steel consumers? I imagine there's farmers and steel community, steel consumers that are just in the immediate area um, as well. But what, what would you say to, to folks who are kind of concerned about this? Well, well, first of all, I haven't seen no big impact on or any change on it. But So you, you haven't seen the, 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 the negative impact for steel? Because you're shipping product to them well, after actually, all, right? Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the study that I, re I first heard, what it was going to add the final price of a, of the, of, of a car, average car, $35,000 car, it was going to add 300 or something mm -hmm. dollars yeah. more with the tariffs. And I believe on a, on aluminum, it was three cents or something a can of beer. Mm -hmm. And like I said early on, if they announced in the bar today that they're going to raise the price of three cents because of the tax, yeah. I don't think that's going to stop me or anybody else from buying that can of beer. Right, and I don't think it has. I, I think, they, think has. Miller Coors had like record profits think, last year. I think they so did really they, well. They, they did okay. But to yeah. the ones that the yeah. naysayers that's, yeah. uh, that, are, that are seeing the negative effects of this tariff, um, I, I look at them and say that the only means to their profit in their business and their line of work was profiting from the cheap, illegally imported steel or aluminum commodities mm -hmm. being dumped into this country and at the cost of our manufacturing jobs, I say it's our turn. You know, yeah. I, I, the hell with that. I think that that's, you know, uh, it's our turn. It's, yeah. We want our fair shake because we've been 
decimated for decades in this industry and this cheating has to stop. So no, I, I don't have that much sympathy for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mayor, I wonder when you talk to other mayors or whatever, I mean, did, does this ever come up at all? Do you find yourself having to defend uh, the, the steel industry and the tariffs? Or, no, yeah? no not, not at all. And I'm, Dan said it best. I mean, it's our turn. We've been hit yeah. in the face a lot of times, and, and now we feel that it's, it's our time to step up and rise to the occasion, and I think that, that we're doing that. I think our guys are doing that. And, and I'm sure everything's cyclical. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. we're, we're, this is a cyclical business. Yeah, yeah. we're not yeah. sure that we're, that we're going to be singing the same praises in 10 years, but we hope mm-hmm. we are, and mm-hmm. we hope we're doing the, the right things to establish a secure business here. But um, to those people, I feel like, Dan, it's our turn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kathy, have you picked up any of this from <clears throat> businesses or others who, who may share a concern about costs um, at all? or? Uh, you think that's a little bit overblown because the media sure likes to talk about it. A I lot. think here for Madison County, it's not an issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that, that sounds. I would say that sounds right to me because I mean, when I look at the data, it shows that a lot of these steel consumers are hiring. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, their biggest problem is finding, uh, you know, skilled workers who you know who, who they can bring into their doors because the the technical education, the vocational education opportunities aren't what they used to be. They're coming back, I think, in a lot of places. Um, so so th- this is a, I want to make clear, this is not a political preference question, but, um, y- you know, there are, there are some who say, well, because Trump did this, it must be a terrible thing. You, you know, there, there's just some people who say that. Um, you know, and, and there's obviously an election that's already, you know, there's already 18 Democrats who are running for president. There may be more. Um, Dan, if you had the opportunity to, to, to counsel any of the folks who were running for president, there's no shortage of them. I mean, what, what would you tell them? Well, of, first of all, this? I think that the tariffs is necessary. You know, we yeah. just want our fair playing field. We're not, you know, we're not looking for a handout. We just want a fair, our fair shake at it. Uh, and whether it's through, you know, renegotiating trade deals, I mean, that's too. If, if they can secure them that way, that's fine also. But in the absence of that, and we see how our last trade deals have done nothing but negatively impact us, um, these tariffs were necessary. Uh, so, but at the same time, as you were saying, whichever side you're, you're looking at politically, uh, what the current administration has done, you know, we applaud them for it. We actually pushed and we urged. This has been set up for years, a lot of lobbying, a lot of testifying, and the work had been done for years before the current Trump administration even took office. But we, you know, we're credit where credit's due, and he actually seen it through, you know, and he had some good trade advisors that helped him along the way yeah. and urged him, because uh, I'm not sure he was that much up on trade himself. But uh, there was, uh, between all of that, uh, he seen it through and he did the right thing. So, you know, I give credit where credit's due, right. but at the same time, you know, we, we have other differences with right. him, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think a lot of people do. Um, Mr. Mayor, uh, you know, what, what, I, what I, I feel say? the same. I, I give credit where credit's due, but I would also like to say that my experience in Washington, there were a lot of people that were involved in the meetings that we had, yeah. um, and they were from both sides of the aisle, and I'm not afraid to say that. I think uh, President Obama was huge in what he did. Um, I think... Uh, Congressman Boast mm-hmm. was was made a big impact. He's the local on, representative. Yes, who made a big rep- impact yeah. on the president, the current president, um, to continue to push for these tariffs. 
and so and to the current president i applaud him for what he's done i would i would ask that during my time here as a mayor it's been probably two other times where the tariffs have ran out i guess yeah and they needed to be renewed and i would ask that somehow some way that that um, our legislators look at this and maybe make it permanent yeah um so that our steel workers don't have to worry right. about this five years from right. now. Well, there's some legislators that want to eliminate the steel tariffs right now. I mean, you think that would be a huge mistake? Yes. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Kathy? Yeah. Um, as a practitioner for the economic development side, uh, R&D politics isn't really my issue. Um, what is my issue is the ability when I drive into City Hall, I have to stop sometimes when people are crossing at the steel mill. And so the effects for us locally um, is important, and the results of what has yeah. been done at a national level is important to us, yeah. and it's important to the businesses and the people that live here. So yeah, you see it in very human, real terms. We see it yeah. more at the practitioner yeah. at the local level, yeah. and it's focused on results. And so um, however the results get there, we're supportive of um, and hope that they continue. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to, my, my closing question for you is I, I want to take you back to the day that U.S. Steel announced it was going to be beginning operations. What was that like? Oh, it was static. I actually, I was dealing with, at that time, I was a, I was a, not only the president, but I was a counselor. I was a marriage counselor. I was a food bankologist. I was for all of your oh, members. Gosh, we were doing, yeah, we were laid off. Yeah, we, we yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I actually had one of my guys coming up the stairs that that night, and the rumors had already kind of started breaking loose. And I'd read my, received my call from Vice President Conway. He, he gave us a little heads up before I was even told from uh, U.S. Steel. Uh, and he was coming up the stairs, this gentleman was, and he, had, uh, he looked at me and he looked around the corner and I had one other guy in my office and he peeked his head in and he goes, is the rumor true? And I said, yeah, and he had tears in his eyes. And he come mm -hmm. up, he come up, give me a hug. He goes, I'm not that kind of guy, he said, but I'm good. He said, because he had been out two and a half years. Wow. And this is... And I don't think nobody really realizes the impact that has on, on you until it ha hits. Mm -hmm. You know, your kids have to be pulled out of college. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. you know, anyway. You, it, yeah, it plant, goes on and plant on. Plant I can closures give you, have a devastating impact oh God, for it's families and for the entire community. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so ecstatic yeah. is probably the one word that I would say once we got that call and, and we couldn't get the information out fast enough, you know. So. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Dan. Mr. Mayor, do you remember that day? Oh, yeah. Um, we received several emails. Um, I guess I got up and danced around my chair when U.S. Steel <laughs> called and said, oh, we're going to be reopening. We're going to hire some guys back. And it's like, okay. I'm very hesitant on jumping up, and but but that that actually made me jump up and, and kind of cheer and yell out loud. and. Uh, but I, you know, I'm still very cautious because I, you know, the next day they could call me and say, "Well, we changed our mind." But just going into the into stores and church and and it, it was just such an uplift for our community. I, I think I said it earlier, but it really was. Smiles were back on people's faces, and yeah. and they weren't afraid to stop and talk to you. And and they were we were talking about other things other than a job, you yeah. know, because that's what was important at that time. So. Now, it was, it was amazing what, what our community went through on the downturn, but the uplift was great. Yeah, yeah. Kathy, how about you? Were you in Granite City yet? I or? wasn't in Granite City, yeah. but obviously yeah. in the, the Madison County yeah. market. And yeah. so, um, as the mayor had indicated earlier, this this isn't just a Granite City yeah. issue with those steel mills. This is a county, county sure. issue. And so... Yeah. Um, 
you know, a lot of people live in other parts of the county, um, and so it was really important um, for everybody that uh, this become operational and show that we can do manufacturing and we can yeah. still be an industrial town. Yeah. Well, Kathy, Ed, Dan, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I learned a lot, and it's been an honor to spend a little time in your community. Thank you. Thank you. And that will do it for the Manufacturing Report this week. But hey, stay tuned for a second episode from Granite City next week, where we talk with Steve Faust, who works at Icon Mechanical, one of the steel mill's longtime suppliers, as well as several local business owners. I want to thank the great teams at E18 and AAM for making this episode possible. I want to thank the citizens of Granite City, Illinois, for opening their community to us. And most of all, I want to thank you, the listeners, for continuing to give us great story ideas as well as feedback. Keep it coming. Please connect with us on Facebook. Tweet us at Keep It Made in USA. And go to our website, AmericanManufacturing.org, where you can find out more information about manufacturing in your community and what steel has meant to cities like Granite City, Illinois. Until next time, I'm Scott Paul, and together we can keep it made in America.